Hello and welcome to Article 23. We are coming to you today from Gadigal land, people of the Eora Nation, and paying our respects to Elders past, present and emerging, with gratitude for looking after this land for so long. So, hello, I'm Rhonda Brighton-Hall. Article 23 is a podcast all about making work work. And I am here with Rhonda. My name is James Hancock and I'm excited for our conversation today. Three topics that we want to do, nice, short and sweet. It's a short podcast because that's how we like to think and work. Good. <laughs> Good, done, see you next week. <laughs> so there are three topics. I want to talk about two that are sort of the big topics of work right now. Yes. And the third one about someone doing some really great work. And I think we've got some great examples of each. So we do. let's dive into the first one. Let's do it. So the first one is what everyone's heard of the two-speed economy, but what about two-speed workplaces? We've sort mm -hmm. of got half of our workplaces talking about hybrid work, um, working from home, four-day weeks, um, all sorts of great things. And the other half are working incredibly hard and long and trying to hang on to their jobs and keep the economy in their workplace going. And, and it's creating what we call a two-speed workplace, people who are feeling they've got to carry the weight yep. and other people who are feeling that they've got to organise it. So, yeah, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think it definitely does separate by jobs a little bit, but it's when it's yeah. in the same company that I find that really interesting. Yeah, so, certainly by jobs. Like we've got the people who, you know, um, are able to flex and move and change their work structures around and, and do different work. Knowledge-based work is obviously yeah. the easiest of those. Absolutely. But we've also got this group of people who um, have to work really, really far because they've got a crisis of economics of their company, because they've yeah. got a crisis of um, COVID was one of the examples. But now, of course, we've got cyber security and things like that. But, you know, you can't say, look, I'm going to work a four-day week while I'm fixing cyber security. You're, you're, they're leaping in to solve crises every day yeah. and working excessively long hours and really, really fast. Yeah, you don't say, dear XYZ person who's created XYZ problem, can you come back tomorrow because I'm done? Yeah, that's exactly day, right. Or, I don't know, I don't work on Tuesdays, sorry. Yeah. Does it, it work like that? I think it is really interesting and, and it's a conversation we almost can't have. No, because we can't. We can't. Because we're trying we're so to. <laughs> we're trying to. Yeah. But it is this conversation which I know we're talking about people who said, look, I'm going to go for a sea change mm. and I might work for someone here in Sydney, but I'm going to go and live, park myself and my family in on the Gold Coast. I'm going to be in the hinterland. I'm going to live on a mountain or whatever it yeah, happens to be. Yeah. And then we say, okay, there's two days in the office that you know we want to get together and do some workshopping and stuff together. And you're saying, well, I'm on the Gold Coast and my internet doesn't work particularly well and and I'll see you when I see you. So what, what do we do with that? I mean, we, we're merging it across into the office conversation, which is our second point. But Yeah, yeah, and I think that that office conversation is a good place to go to. But I think without, you know, too many examples, because anyone listening in would be able to think of these, is what happens if you're an organisation that's funded out of one particular area or region or whatever you want to call that, like product, that's where money comes from and now you're working somewhere else. Yeah. So we probably can say things like, what if you're in government A and you move to government B's area? Can mm. you still work for government A? Like, how does that work? Yeah. Aren't you sort of meant to be helping the constituents of that area get the new park or the new... That's awesome. We want that. But does that change if the, if the sort of funding or purpose or rationale changes because of your circumstances? Like, that's a pretty interesting dynamic is australia one econ economy or many economies mm. is it sub like sort of sub mm. economies or mm. how does that work i think it's interesting and, and pretty hard to solve but there's definitely a a, a two-speed nature to all of that uh, yeah and i think the point that we keep seeing is this inside of workplaces you've got one conversation around well-being family yeah. dynamics work-life balance things that are really important and, and that's a yeah. good conversation 
And then in the second part of it, you've got another team that are solving something that is massive um, or working on something that isn't slowing down or sick leave on the train system where you drive trains with so much sick leave you have to do extra shifts to cover it. And so it's, it's this conversation around how do we have that conversation as we rethink work that we've got, as we know, 11.5 million people don't do knowledge-based work. Um, so how are we going to think about the way they design work? Because the conversation is so um, pitched into jobs that can be done much differently. Yeah, and I think that the two-speed workplace part is correct, but I think we're having a one-speed conversation at times. So we're saying, like, I just need to tell you about my well-being or my circumstances, opposed to the fact it has multiple layers, multiple speeds. Yeah. Like, I have an impact on everyone else around me. Let's talk about that. Yep. We often only get to point A yep. or the first bit, which is, hey, me, yep. which I get. Like, I'm, I'm really important to me, by the yep. way, everyone. Like, yep. you're important to you. But yep. how are we important together? You're important to me too. Likewise. Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad we skipped straight from one speed to two speed in our own workplace here. But I think you get the point. Yeah. And I think that is a good lesson. So as a leader or business owner or even part of a team, yeah. um, what you're actually talking about is making sure that it works for you, yeah. making sure it works for the team making sure it works with the organisation, the customers and clients that you have. And it has to work at all those levels. Like it's not as easy as let me tell you what I need. It's sort of rethinking that so that we do keep an eye on productivity. With this really high sick leave, it's going to have a a huge amount of pressure on it right now. Yeah, it's not a list of demands. It can't be a list of demands in a workplace. I'm so sorry. I don't see how that can work because when there's someone else on the other side that's held at ransom, you have to think through that. Mm. And that's what it is. Like we can talk about it a lot and – make it seem like everything's easy. It's hard. It's hard. It's okay to say it's hard. And, People and having, listening will know it's hard. Having conversations and having open conversations, walking and saying, I'm open to what you might need from me. Yeah, as opposed totally. To, let me tell you what I need. Yeah, it's not combative. <laughs> it's like, let's see what we can do. Let's go in with that right mindset for it. I get it. But it's like, it's going to be hard. Yeah. And, and this does drag across to point two. Yeah, let's do point two. Everyone's talking about working in offices. Yep. Um, this is the conversation that we started talking about even before COVID and now it's on fire because it's this issue. Is it an issue or is it not an issue? And if it is, how so at the moment? What's your thoughts? I think the offices we created before the pandemic, we went for kind of flashy stuff and I'm not sure that they work. Walking into them now, I'm like, you know, with different customers, they had beautiful offices mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. And I'm, like, I'm not sure that they work for how people connect and combine and the way that they want to connect and combine the way that they want to have quiet work, like all the things that they want to do. I feel like it's, you know, there probably are things that have shifted. Uh, there was a lot of conversation. Do you remember, like, I, I was living in the Netherlands in the early 2000s, so we were using activity-based working. Yeah. And I, I remember when it came to Australia in, I don't know, 2010, 11, 12 sort yeah. of era. Um, and it was like, it was a totally different play. In the Netherlands, it was how are we going to work and how are we going to collaborate and where do we need quiet spaces? Where do we need noisy spaces? How do yeah. we get a vibe and energy, et cetera. Yeah, that's a good way and to in put Australia, it. it was how can we have less desks, yeah. <laughs> less real estate. And I'm like, oh, no, that's not the intent. No. That's not what it's about. But, no, it's got yeah, to be around yeah. value and impact and connection and belonging, right? Like those are the mm. things that really matter. Um, mm. I think, yeah, you can do gimmicks. You can do whatever you want around that. That's cool and interesting, I guess, but I'm not coming to Moi's office for a ping pong table. I'm so sorry. Please don't put one in. <laughs> if you do, that's really cool. Uh, it won't be the reason well, I come in. I'm ping pong, so I'm not like. I'm really one. good, so maybe I will, maybe I will come <laughs> in. But yeah, <laughs> back to me. No. <laughs> so we know from working with architects, particularly yourself, is yeah. that they were talking about creating genuinely healthier 
yeah. and better to be in yep. workplaces and certainly simple things we've talked about a lot like open doors, open windows, can I have fresh air? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And of course now that we know a COVID world, then yeah. we know that fresh air is super important. Yeah, use use of like resilient and beautiful materials in what you're doing, those kinds of things I think really matter. But Natural not, materials, that's very true. It makes There's it, I mean, we're, sit, we're sitting leaning on a wooden desk and it feels different to sitting on a sterile table. I'm sorry. Like, we're it, it leaning on a wooden different. desk that our CFO made, which is even a bit cooler. It is cool. <laughs> The other one, and railway sleepers. Yeah, which it's is very cool even more amazing <laughs> for the trains that can't get driven, however, <laughs> from your earlier point. But what, what I learned from being in the US with how architecture was being thought about is can we change workplaces um, to be a place of work, basically? Yeah. I know that's yeah. a really weird way to put it. That isn't necessarily everyone in one company, but actually is connecting and community building versus, I don't know, we're just all working in our little box and then going home again. I think part of that's driven by the environment of everyone or many people living in the city mm. and then not wanting to be sitting on the edge of their bed for work or the tiny desk mm. that just fits in there. Well, New York's extreme of that, isn't it? It's the extreme like, environment we, In Australia, of most of us have some space around our dining table and yeah. in New York, those apartments are much tinier and much you know, based on real estate, yeah, of course. But but they build spaces, right, for multiple families to live together. That's common. They think differently They think it. differently about it. Could we go to a space together? How does that work? What are the spaces to combine? It's interesting. It's not co-working like it was where, I don't know, you're in a dog But it's at least leaving your house. It's leaving your house. It's leaving your apartment. It's connecting with other people. You probably see them at the gym you go to later or the pool or like different things that connect Yeah. Um, in different ways. And I think that that's pretty cool and healthy. Yeah. I love the natural environment thing too. Like the yeah, natural it's timber huge. and stone and... And it's actually pretty cool to be around that plants. We've got a heap of plants yeah. in here too. I met someone a little while ago that was talking and at the time. And that was your opportunity to say, hey, Rhonda, you're looking after the plants really well. Thank, they're really thriving. Thank you very much, Rhonda, <laughs> for looking after the plants that lift our workplace environment I'm for the better. <laughs> I, heard, I heard an example the other day where, and I thought, to be honest, at first I'm like, oh, that's a bit of a fad. I won't lie. I was like, man, it was about soundscapes and the idea of soundscapes coming to your office. And I'm like, in our little office, I like our playlist, to be honest. I think yeah. it's awesome. In a bigger space, I do think there's an opportunity for sound to be different. And the, the thought process was how music and things can change your affect, which, okay, we get that. But it's how can pieces of nature make you feel calmer or energetic where you need to be or anything else. Mm. I thought that's pretty cool and pretty interesting when you tie that to architecture and workplaces and things. Mm. Um, was really grappling with it, but cool idea. We're it's thinking actually, about it differently. It's got a really nice link across to that collaboration-y type piece that we first talked about too. It doesn't just have to work for me. So here's my favourite song. I'm going to play it 100 times a day. You do that with Green Day. I do do that with uh, Green Day. We need to call that out. Pick your song, but um, you're actually just but, still with the band. So yeah. yeah. But you do have to have music that sort of lifts people and you can't just bring in a bunch of songs that make you feel good and everyone else feels pretty sad about or they don't enjoy. I'm sorry about that day that that song came on. It was a bad song. <laughs> <laughs> we, we couldn't turn it off, but, yeah. um, but it is that sort of collaboration space. How do we want to impact each other today? And that can yep. be mood, vibe. It can be the music you bring into the room, the yep. way you want to work. It's whether or not you choose to collaborate. It's not just about you. It is about how you're impacting others. And I think that that is about how we design work. It is about the work. How are we going to get work done together, which yep. comes back to that productivity piece at the beginning. It, it is about the work. Yeah, it totally is. I mean, I know we've got... A third point to make it's a good point let's we'll get there in a sec but you know we've been talking to a lot of different people lately about really big topics like resilience etc um which which is important and sort of when we're talking to them about that we talk a lot about 
psychology and and actually this emergence and it's still emerging i think around positive psychology right we were talking about that yesterday you know we looked at learned helplessness to understand more about learned optimism we looked at post-traumatic stress to start thinking about post-traumatic growth and i think that that lesson about that if you can take one thing from that is Mm -hmm. basically how does your affect and the way that you show up to others has a real impact and moving sure that you conversation, can learn to move it, you know. Yeah, the conversation from self-care, which is extremely important, yeah. but actually to impacting others, which is good for your self-care. Yeah, so it pays back. It pays back. about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but actually, if I do something good for you, then I feel good about doing it for you. That's so there's right. So there's that attitude of service is actually very healthy for us. Yeah, and it goes back to like altruism and like basic principles. Like it feels good that I go and get you a coffee. You need a coffee. Like it's yeah, not, it's appreciate. tiny, it's tiny things, not a real yeah. example, but yeah. it was real, but no, it's, it's real, <laughs> um, fine. it feels good. Small thing you can do. So let's talk for this last one, which is about really good work. Found this example that I just yeah. have to share because it's so cool. And it's so um, cute that the guy's name is Professor Martin Green. Very appropriate when <laughs> Very we hear about it. Name. Yeah. And he is uh, described as a softly spoken professor from the University of New South Wales in the press. I don't know. Yeah why we care, whether he's softly spoken or loud or anyway, but that's not the point. I wonder if it's because there's been a lot of really big energy, understandably loud people, loud people you know, voices of reason that are like coming pretty so hard at us. That's softly maybe yeah. Softly spoken man of reason over many years. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. this yeah. softly spoken Professor Green yeah. from the University of New South Wales has actually just been awarded the world's most prestigious technology prize for a lifetime of work refining and improving the solar cell. And it's called the 2022 Millennium Technology Prize. It's worth a million euros, 1.5 million euros. It's a massive yeah, amount of it's money. It's huge, isn't it? Yeah. A million euros, 1.5 million dollars. That that's makes sense. Yeah, we'll talk to our friends on the trading floor and yeah. work that out. But yeah, that sounds <laughs> we'll about right. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is only conferred every two years and, and wow. very um, typically it was given by a Finnish uh, president so that yeah, they're all into that sort of space and they're really advanced in it. They've been thinking about it long time before the rest of us, yeah. which is fabulous. But there's a quote in everything as he received this award, this award in Helsinki, which I thought was really beautiful. And he talked about even back in the 80s, we used to talk about the race against time and how important it was to get solar cells more efficient and cheaper still before China and India moved into fossils or fossil fuels. So to hear someone talking like that, that in the 80s they were that thoughtful on the future of the planet, Mm. that they knew they were in a race against time then to get these working cheaply and well. And, of course, now we're talking about it as if we just thought of it in the last couple of years. Mm. But this man's been spending his life's energy, life's work on it for 40 years. It's just remarkable and it's lovely to see him awarded this award. Yeah, and yeah. so congratulations, Professor Martin. Congrats. We look forward to meeting you one day. We yeah, work, we I, work with a lot of green and environmental companies, so we do. And it I, would be great to meet one of the the uh, the kings. Absolutely, and I've been listening, trying to le- learn more, listen more to podcasts and other things to get perspective. And there's a really cool one. I'm going to give a plug because I think it's kind of relevant about why this is awesome. With um, Professor Green, is one called "Who's Going to Save Us," oh, and cool. I love the name of that. And it's like I think it's an ABC one, trying to get the balance of um, the world's on fire. Yeah. But there are people that are calmly, diligently, conscientiously thinking about it. And so hearing the softly spoken Professor Martin Green, who's been doing it for a lifetime, makes me feel um, a lot more confident and calm and reassured. And optimistic. Honest. And optimistic. optimistic. Yeah. yeah, it can and be it's done. Beautiful. 
So I love and that. And maybe one. as we each go into the conversation, any one of the three we've talked about. Yeah. Any one of those going in with less of a, I know all the answers, more of a, I'm really open to what you've got to offer. Because Professor Martin Green might be across the table from you and have a lot to offer. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Love hearing more about that. I'm going to go find out more. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thanks for talking. Yeah, thanks. It's been a a typical of our conversations, actually. This was much more um, a rambling consciousness. (laughs) It was. We've spoken. Which we always enjoy as we go through and try to think about what's next, what are people thinking about, where should we take these conversations. So thank you all very much for listening in and we look forward to speaking next week. Big more from us. Big more from us.